This is your favorite sports podcast on the official Moose's Mulligans website. Now it's Michelle's turn running all the way. Gets to the edge. Tony Michelle will send the dogs home to the championship game. The way the game ended last year when they met up. Oh, and another one. It's Matt Williams. Williams. Pick six. Tied. Rolling. Matt Wilson takes it home. Now here's your host, Alex Streisick. This is Moose's Mulligans, and I'm your host, Alex Streisack. All right! Woo! Thanks for all the feedback we got on the college football playoffs episode last week, and it'll definitely tie into this week now that we've got so many opinions on it. That I wanted to go with the theme a little bit of New Year's resolutions. We're going to have some New Year's resolutions here for college football and for the NFL. Woo! Yes! But first, I really wanted to start with college football. Uh, we got a lot of good opinions on that and a lot of good feedback on the bowl opportunities. Yeah! And a lot of people really like the idea of opening up the playoffs to eight teams. Now, opening up to eight teams can be a little risky. You have the risk, I said before, of where you have the NFL where once teams start to know their seeds, they know they're in the playoffs, they know they've got a spot locked up, you start to see them rest players. We saw it with the Rams, we saw it with the Eagles, and it's just a part of the game at that point once you don't really have much to gain, but a lot to lose injury-wise and fatigue-wise, you start to rest your players. Oh, boy. Now, with the danger zone in college football where this could come in is that you could see a team like if Alabama's 12-0 and in an SEC championship game or 11-0 and facing Auburn or... I don't know, 11-1 and one in conference championship. You, may, you, you just may start to see teams resting players more, which can hurt the real competition and toughness of a game, a rivalry game like Michigan-Ohio State. If one of them's 11-0, then they're not going to probably press as much if they know that they can probably get an 8 seed even though they lose that game. You just run the risk a little bit of some sitting of players, and I just wanted to bring that up. I think that would be a bad idea, and I know something about bad ideas. But fans seem to be okay with it. They seem to think that a 1-8 uh, you know, seed game would be still exciting, If especially if right now UCF would have been 12 and they beat Auburn. would have been fun to see uh, like Clemson, UCF in the first round, and then you have 2-seed versus 7-seed and so on. Now, I heard the idea that uh, this other idea came in about playing bowl games out like before the playoff system was in place. So we play the Rose Bowl as the Rose Bowl, Pac-12, Big, T- Big Ten, and then we play the Sugar Bowl, and then we play, we play all the bowls like we used to, and after the bowls are over, we take two to four teams and have a playoff. So whether UCF would make it now after their Auburn win would be up for debate, so it would be, maybe we have these bulls earlier than New Year's, and then New Year's could be the playoffs. There's a lot of different talk about the different ways we could handle it. It is an interesting idea when you think about it, though, because UCF definitely will be higher on boards that don't matter anymore because the season's over, basically. It's just between Alabama and Georgia. Really? 
So, if you had seen the bowl game before, the Peach Bowl, I think it was, and if you had seen that, now you might consider UCF a playoff team because they beat an SEC team that went to the SEC championship that beat a team that's in the championship and lost to the team that made it all the way. So, that's where the real question starts to come in, is how would you handle that? Would you have four teams make it and you'd have another two weeks of college football playoffs? Uh, it might extend the season a little too long. We already have to wait four weeks for these bowl games. But it is an interesting idea. I still think my favorite idea is to have six teams. Seems like a happy medium. You get two teams that get a bye, and then you can think the, uh, of the other four teams as the play-in game to get to the college football playoffs. This opens it up to six teams, and I think we need to be a m- little looser with the six teams because what, what is it that really excites us about playoffs? Oh, um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I mean... It's having a Cinderella team, usually. Uh, I know the New York Yankees were a rare Cinderella. Normally they're a powerhouse. But their young bombers were one game away from a World Series. And that had the whole city riled, had a lot of talk going, baseball publicity was very high, and it ended up being a really good storyline. Now we look at March Madness as a perfect example of it, whether it's Steph Curry leading Davidson, or it was VCU, I don't even remember how many years ago, I think it was five, six years ago, but I'm getting old. It's always the Cinderella story. So we need to find a way to get more teams in like UCF that make that run that people can root for. Like I, I was watching the game, I was trying to stay pretty neutral, I was really excited watching UCF beating Auburn. Now we can debate if Auburn really had their heart in that game because it didn't really matter too much at that point. But still, I was still really excited to watch that game. And if UCF, like, if they won that and moved on to another playoff game, that'd be getting some really, really good turnout. And they're already getting good turnout for the playoffs. I think it can grow it even more. So since the NCAA is already getting really good viewership and making millions of dollars, I think they need to act more like millionaires. I think they need to make more games mean more. They need to have more playoff games. And what, I mean, eight teams, I'll settle for that. I'm fine with that. It doesn't need to be a six teams and buy thing where, like, Clemson and Oklahoma would have gotten a buy this year. But the biggest upset can't be a number four seed Alabama beating Clemson. And honestly, we weren't really that surprised anyway because they were a good team. That's why they got the four seed. That can't be the biggest possible upset. And Georgia was a three seed that beat Oklahoma as a two seed. And honestly, it didn't feel that raw, raw upset. It just felt like a really, really good game, which was totally fine with me, but we want, we need to see an upset team that comes in. The Boise State running the Statue of Liberty, but that advances them in a playoff game. Or, v, or uh, UCF doing a great job against Auburn, and that advances them forward into the playoffs. The whole point is to have a 7 or 8 seed that can threaten and that's what makes this really fun in the playoffs. The h- problem with football, you get way too many injuries. That, that's obviously been a problem. If you add too many games, you're going to get more injuries. And a lot of kids don't even play in the bowl games because they don't want to get hurt before the NFL draft. So making it three rounds of playoffs, I don't know how many players would actually sit out for a chance at a college football playoff ring, but we just don't want to see kids getting hurt. So... I think the buy and the two play-in games with six teams is the best happy medium. But if the fans want eight, give them what they want. Give them eight. All right. Uh, when we come back from the break, I want to talk about the NFL's New Year's resolutions. 
and keep it right here on This Is Mulligan. Yeah, probably. This is your favorite sports podcast on the official Moose's Mulligan's website. Hey, Evelyn. Can I ask you a question? You got a moment? Mm-hmm. Which team do you play for? Well, I- I'm a peach. Well, I was just wondering, because I couldn't figure out why you would throw home when we've got a two-run lead. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you. Now you start using your head. That's that love that's three feet above your ass. <laughs> Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Now here's your host, Alex Dreisick. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? Alright, back here on Moose's Mulligans with me, your host, Alex Dryzak. So we're talking about New Year's resolutions here, and we talked about the college football playoff. Now, let's get to the NFL. So I was just talking about how the NCAA football playoff should be treating themselves like millionaires like they are. Because they're making such a good profit on it, they should expand it. I'm going to say the exact opposite here for the NFL. Just an example of what I hate in the NFL is that Jack Del Rio signs a four-year deal in February of 2017, and now he's not even their coach anymore. Hold on, hold on, relax. Everybody relax. What could have made you make a four-year investment that you suddenly, after one year, were like, nah, this guy definitely can't do what's good for the program? I mean, one year? You gotta give the guy another year. Oh, well, the idea of giving John Gruden ownership is too good to pass up. Well, giving the guy a four-year deal means you're pretty... You, you believe in what that guy's doing. You have a lot of faith in that guy for a four-year deal. That's, that's a lot to invest in, to just give it up in one year. Now, they're still gonna have to pay him, too. But... The other thing that bothers me is that Marvin Lewis can keep his job after, what, like 10 years without getting a playoff win for Cincinnati? How are their fans not rioting at, at the front office right now? What, what are we doing here? There's no reason the Bengals should bring him back. They won their last game. whoop de doo They didn't make the playoffs. Close, but still no. So that just basically means the NFL is purely based on short-term performance. And I mean super short-term. That's kind of depressing. I look at Ted Thompson as a great example of this. He this is the GM at Green Bay. They've brought home a Super Bowl with Favre. They brought home a Super Bowl with Rodgers. And after one year of Rodgers being out for an injury, they are kind of moving. They moved him to the front office. They don't want him to be the head guy. They don't want him to be the GM. And it's kind of rough to give that guy that much crap after all the injuries they had this year. They were running out of cornerbacks like it was no tomorrow. Their whole IR was cornerbacks. Their whole injury reserve was the thing that I say is one of the most important part of this game is being able to play man-to-man coverage. And then you lose a superstar quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. 
that's just even worse. I don't I don't blame him at all. I don't blame McCarthy at all either. I just blame it to injuries. That's part of football. You don't got it. But all if all these people are following the same trend, then why are the Bengals staying with Marvin Lewis? Where where my where is this success I'm supposed to be seeing right now? I don't I don't see it. So I think the front office needs to figure it out because eighty percent of them will contradict themselves. I mean, the only you see Robert Kraft's really stable with the Patriots. He trusts Bill Belichick. I mean, when Tom Brady got hurt, they had another guy step in, and they did pretty well into as well when Tom Brady was out. But the whole point was Robert Kraft trusts Belichick and his plan. They have not very good personnel, honestly. I mean, if you put the uniforms on this Patriots team from any other team in the league, we may not be as we definitely won't be as confident as we are in them right now. But if we put another jersey on them, like the Jets or the Bengals, as we're on the topic, then we're definitely not going to be as confident in them. We're going to say that they got lucky and they're going to get smushed in the playoffs. Yeah, probably. But it's because it's Bill Belichick and Tom Brady that we put that to the side, that the personnel doesn't matter so much. Now, how are you supposed to build that in the NFL if it's such a short-term decision-making process, like Jack Del Rio getting let go? He has a young quarterback in Derek Carr who regressed. Or wide receivers, if you ever watched one of those games, just dropped everything. It was embarrassing. And they had no defense. They had a terrible secondary. So you give the guy a year to go into the draft, go to free agency, get some help. No, you, you just cut him loose. No, that, that's, that's what the NFL wants. They just want to cut him loose. Oh, my. No, give the guy a year to rebuild. Football flips really fast because... It's not an old man sport. You'll see a lot of young guys quickly, and then you'll see them gone very quickly as well. There's a very short prime, a lot of injuries involved, and it honestly depends on your position as well. So I, I would just want to see more of a stable approach to this. I mean, you look at the good owners and franchises, that's where stability and success happen. The Steelers have a great owner. They keep Mike Tomlin around, great coach. Got a good veteran quarterback in Roethlisberger. They've got good personnel on defense and offense. and They bring in good players because it's stable. Yeah! You look at the Patriots, you see, you don't see stability. You see a lot of injuries and a lot of chaos that happens, but by the end of the day, they get a win. It's stable. It's a stable environment. Not much is changing. When I look at the Bengals, I feel like everything's changing the wrong way. Then they can never quite jump the hurdle. When I look at these programs that keep flipping coaches, which was the Raiders for a long time, and then finally they're like, hallelujah, we got Jack Del Rio. We don't need to worry about it anymore. And now we're sitting here talking about it. I want to make this perfectly clear. There is absolutely no way I would possibly consider doing something like this. There's no stability in this franchise. I need to see more stability, if I haven't said it enough. So now, I'm taking a peek here because the franchise that has obviously been very unstable with success has been the Cleveland Browns, who just joined Detroit Lions at 0-16 in history. Now, the Browns have an interesting thing. I like their roster. I really do. When you look at it, they've got a lot of good, young, talented players, and they let their GM go, which I'm a little disagreeing on. I'm I mean, if you, plus, Hugh Jackson's not like a big fireball, rah-rah guy. I mean, 
It doesn't seem to fit the bill for me for what this team's going to need. So they have the first and fourth pick coming up this year. That's impressive for a GM. A GM that already has Miles Garrett, Jabril Peppers, a young Deshaun Kaiser who's still learning, obviously. They kind of screwed him because the O-line got hurt this year. You brought in Zietler. You brought in... Uh, you need Joe Thomas if he's getting too old to get hurt. That's somewhere you need to look to address is the offensive line. But Josh Gordon's back, hopefully. Uh, they got young receivers like Higgins, who even though he butterfingered it, still very talented. And Joku was suffering with some injuries at tight end. But they're, you know, their linebacker, uh, linebacker core, Scobert and Kirksey and Jamie Collins, is very impressive. And I think they're going to get better. They had a lot of close games this year. And I know it's tough to say an 0-16 team can get worse, but with their first and fourth picks, I'm, I don't see a quarterback thing that could fix this right away. I'm not looking at Sam Darnold or uh, Josh Rosen as something that could fix it right away, but um, Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, if they slide down the boards, I'm totally fine with Cleveland taking them. I think they have the right mentality, and they have the right physical ability to be special, so... I'm totally okay with the Browns taking them if they slide down the board. Sweet. But I think their problems stem more to cornerbacks and offensive line. You get a good offensive line, you can make a quarterback look really good. And Duke Johnson Jr. is a good running back, and they can build around that too. So I think they got a lot to build around, a lot of good picks. And I think they could be that staple for stability if they play their cards right. They could do what the 76ers are starting to look like they could do in basketball. You start to get enough young talent. You start to just play them and hope they figure it out as they go. And you're just patient with them. That's the one thing I'll give the Browns credit for. They're keeping Hugh Jackson around. They're, they're being patient. And they want to see where this goes. I'm totally fine with it. Let's see where it goes. Hopefully it goes in a positive direction to create more of a stable environment in the NFL. Now, I know their QB carousel doesn't look stable, but it can be. It can be. You just need to rebuild the O-line because Joe Thomas is getting older. He might retire even. The injury was so severe. Just go for stability because then you can start a trend in the NFL that's kind of been a secret for the Patriots and Steelers up to this point. Now, the Giants are the number two, and for their New Year's resolution I wanted to talk about is that they're in a great position for this pick. They could really use a young QB, and their defense is already pretty solid. Uh, we know the Eli Apple issues with locker room being a cancer, Landon Collins call. I don't care. Look, if you can get something for him, great. I mean, he was a super good cornerback his rookie year. This year, I was not impressed at all. I'm fine. Just get rid of him for whatever you can get at this point. And you do have still a really good defense with JPP. You have Landon Collins. You have some good stuff there, some good young stuff. So I, I'm okay with that. And I think that they could use a young QB. They're in the position where somebody who's talented, like a Josh Allen, who you know maybe wants someone more polished, like Rosen from UCLA. That's fine with me, too. I think that they definitely have the receiving core to help their quarterback with OBJ hopefully coming back healthy, Brandon Marshall hopefully coming back healthy. A lot of hopes, but Evan Ingram's a great tight end. And their O-line was better than I thought it would be, to be honest. I thought it would be even worse. So you can build the O-line around a quarterback. I think they're in a good position to take one, though. My big prediction, though, that I want to put out there that I think would be the perfect thing to happen is that their soon-to-be ex-quarterback, I don't want him coming back to the Giants because I want Eli Manning to go to the Jaguars. I certainly am not overreacting. 
Yeah, I want Eli Manning to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. Their defense we know is super strong and a force. Now their O line's pretty good. They have a stud running back in Leonard Fournette, and they have great young receivers like D.D. Westbrook. I love Alan Hearns. I love Alan Robinson coming back next year, hopefully healthy. They, they, they have Marquise Lee, who's solid. I, I think Eli Manning is the perfect season quarterback that they need. He's durable. He'll play every game unless you bench him, which was embarrassing, by the way, for the Giants. That's the last thing they needed was their reliable quarterback to be on the bench. And he has Super Bowl experience, which is perfect for a team that has almost none of it. I, I'm just saying, it's just it would just be perfect. I wish I could have seen him there this season, the way it's going. But... I'll settle for next year, too. That's my big play. I want to see Eli Manning with the Jaguars. Then I think they're almost Super Bowl favorites. I know he's old, but he is still a good, durable quarterback. And they don't need a superstar flair. I don't think they need to pay for a Kirk Cousins. I think Jacksonville gets Eli Manning on the cheaper side one to two years, and they are ready to make a Super Bowl run. But a long way to go in football, obviously. we still got this postseason Still got free agency in the draft, but I think that is a perfect fit. And my New Year's resolution for Jacksonville, go get an established quarterback like Eli Manning and make us all happy so we have something really cool to watch. All right, that's all the time we have this week. Moosesmulligans.weebly.com is for all the official stuff on our website. Facebook.com slash Moosesmulligans is where you give us a like so you can follow all the latest news. And on Twitter.com slash Moose's Mulligans, answer our polls, send in your opinions. We'd love to hear them. And until next week, fairways and greens, no mulligans. I'm your host, Alex Dreisach. We'll see you next week. And let's get Eli Manning to the Jaguars. <laughs> see you next week. Like a hand in